Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Well, good morning and welcome to Home Church. Uh, my name's Kenny, and it's my honor to be the lead pastor here. Um, and I don't know about you, but I love my mom. Uh, in fact, in this house, we hold uh, my mother, Pam Mills, in high honor. One of the reasons why is because when I was a kid, I actually hated church. Uh, and my mother, uh, Pam Mills, would continuously drag me to church, whether I wanted to go or not. And God used her uh, for, for him to be able to reach me because I kept showing up to church because she made me. And God reached me there. He spoke into my life. He saved me. Um, and the reality is, is simply this. I, I say this. All of us today, right now, if you're watching online, you're in the room, right here, right now, we would not all be together if it weren't for Pam Mills, right? And in fact, we, we have a saying in this house, thank God for Pam Mills. That's right. Uh, we have a, a saying in this house where we say, thank God for Pam Mills. Um, I'll ask you to pray for my mom. Uh, we don't, I don't share things like this uh, a ton. Uh, we don't take up much time for things like this. But my mom's not been in really great health, honestly. Uh, and then over this past week, she was uh, rushed to the, to the hospital um, and dealing with some things. And so uh, it, it's been a, a wild ride for a week. And so, um, but inside of that, I, I tell you that so you can pray for my mom, but also tell you, it kind of sets up the message a little bit because my brother and I, uh, his name's Kevin, he's five years younger. Uh, he and I met at the hospital on Thursday. I'd spent the night uh, there before uh, in the ER with her, ran back home, and he and I met there on Thursday morning. And we walked in, and I, I made a joke that I make all the time. And I say, hey, I'm here, and I brought your favorite son with you. Um, now, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the oldest, and I'm what we call in, in, the, ch- in the church world the behor, which is the firstborn. Um, but the reality is, and listen, it's just, it's just the truth, is that my brother is her favorite. Uh, and I know that sounds crazy, and I know you might be like, I can't believe you're saying that. She knows it. She would literally fully admit it to you. Um, and, and so I, it's totally okay. Um, the thing is, is like that's always been true, uh, and I don't really know, know and understand why, and I'm totally okay with it. But, and I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, you guys, what, th- you're a really bad son. I can't believe you're putting your, I'm not putting her on blast. I, she knows this. And the reality is, is that the older I get and now that I've had kids, I can totally start to see how favoritism starts to creep in in some ways. And I know some of you all now are like, man, he's a bad son and a bad dad. <laughs> But it's true. Um, it, it, there, there's just, I think anyone in the room understands that uh, this is possible. So let me ask you this. If you're in the room and you are the favorite, that's you, raise your hand. You're the favorite and you know it. Yeah, see, we got some. We got some in the room. Now, if the other's in the room and you're making that claim, this is going to make for a fun lunch, right? Now, how about this? If you're in the room and you know you're not the favorite, can we, all right, yeah, look at that. We got some proud second favorite third favorite, fourth favorite children uh, in the room. We totally get it, right? We totally get it. Um, Today, we're going to continue in this series called This Is Our God. Uh, We've been walking through it for the past uh, few weeks, and and today I want to talk to you around this idea that God is not fair. God is not fair. Uh, And listen, I already know that even with this topic and that title, some of y'all are like, uh, it's going to encourage some of you today, and I think some of you already are like, yo, this is, where are we going? Where are we going with this? And, and you're a little challenged. Good. 
I think it's going to hit all of us in a little different place. But we've been walking through this series for the past few weeks um, because at the beginning of the year, we set a focus for our church that we would do what Jesus teaches in Matthew 7, that we would build our house on the solid rock, the foundation of not just knowing about, but actually knowing God and knowing more about him. So we've been focusing already to start this year on knowing our God more, and we've been looking at the foundational principles and doctrines and understandings of who our God is. Uh, Week one, we talked about our God is Yahweh, one true God. He exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in one essence. Uh, Week two, we talked about how our God is the creator God. We said that he created the earth in six literal days, that he also created rest. He created male and female in his image, and he created the institution of marriage, and that what he creates, he defines. Uh, Last week, uh, we talked about the idea and the doctrine of original sin, where the fall from Adam and Eve, where there was original sin, has then been passed down, and that all of us carry the idea, and all of us carry sin with us from birth, but that God made a way for sin to be forgiven through the shedding of innocent blood. And we showed you last week the first time that that happened in Scripture. And all of it points to Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice, shedding his innocent blood for us. And so that kind of leads us to where we are today. And so I want to see if you can help me here. How many of you can complete this sentence, all right? Life ain't Some of you got it, all right? Because it's just in you, right? I'll say it again. Life ain't yeah, life's not fair. I think it's one of those things because if you think about it, it's so, it's just a part of our vernacular. It's a part of what we know to be true in this world. And it's interesting because we do this and we teach our children this. Like our kids have a bad day and something doesn't go their way, and we'll try to teach them the concept of, well, life isn't fair. But it's an interesting thing because we teach our kids that, and then yet we never really learn that. Because here's, here's how I know. Because we get to a place where all of a sudden we, we start walking through life and rather than as life happens, we allow it to be a lesson, we use this whole thing, this saying that life ain't, ain't fair, we use it as a lament. Rather than a construct of just how this world is, we use it and we complain. Why is that? Even when we try to teach our kids this concept. And so today I wanna teach you around this idea that for sure life ain't fair, And I want to throw some of you way off your game today, and I want to teach you something that maybe you've never thought about, and it's around the idea that God isn't fair. God isn't fair. Uh, As I was at the hospital this week, it it kind of, and and I made that joke with my mom, it kind of led me uh, down this this direction to to kind of really focus in today on this. And I think it's critical, because if we want to know who our God is, we need to know all of the things. Now, it's really easy and fun to stand up here and t- preach about Yahweh, the one true God, Father, Son, Spirit, Creator God, and, and, you know, and all that stuff. Last week, not so fun, talking about original sin. But this is an important thing today that, that you need to know to understand so that you can root your faith in the real true God and understand who this God really is. So as we've been doing throughout this entire series uh, today, if you're taking notes, there are four things that you need to know about God. We've been trying to lay it out for you this way every single week. So today, there are four things that you need to know about God. Number one is this. If you're taking notes, God is not fair. He is just. And there is a difference. Point number one, God is not fair. He is just. 
Uh, if you have your Bible, I'd invite you to join me in Genesis chapter 4. This is where we're going to spend most of our time today. Um, and while you're doing that, if you have uh, your, your physical Bible, that's great. Uh, if you have an online Bible, that's awesome. I also want to encourage you that I know we've been having some issues with the Home Church app, and that has been corrected. Thank you to our friend Ryan Gould over here, who does so much for us behind the scenes. Um, got that all fixed. So the sermon notes are available in the Home Church app if you want to follow along. If you're watching online, it's going to be at my feet. And if you are uh, in the room and you don't have any of those things, we'll throw the scripture on the screen for you to read right along with us. So here's what the word of the Lord says. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1. says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later, excuse me, sorry, my my little iPad went out here. (laughs) That's not going to be a fun day if that happens. Uh, Verse 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of the time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And so to be honest with you, Teaching the scripture is hard for me because here we have Cain, who is the firstborn, and I'm the firstborn. And then we have this Abel, who's the secondborn, and, and they have this moment, and all of a sudden we see this interesting thing play out where both of these brothers bring a, a, a sacrifice, an offering to God, and God actually showed favor over one than the other. And man, I've lived my life around this because even though I was the firstborn, I've seen my brother have favor over his life in, in those ways, at least, at least from my mom, right? And so I read this and I look at it, and man, it really challenges me in the way that I see God. Because I, I, and when I, at first glance, I don't really get it. I don't understand it. Because I know all too well what it feels like to not be found with favor. And based on the poll I ran, there are many of you that know and can understand the same thing. You know, I, I, I do. I love my mom, and I'm telling you this not to put my mother down. In fact, uh, I want you to know my mom is the best. She's incredible. Um, I, I, and I told you, I'm learning this now as a dad of how really easy it can be to start to show some favoritism uh, towards uh, one child over the other in some ways. Um, but here's what, here's what I want you to understand. Uh, life is not fair, and neither is favor. I got a little fun saying for you here. Uh, I want you to say this. Say, favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. This is true of our God, and that God is not fair, but our God is just. So what does that mean? Uh, most of us, when we, think of, when we think of this idea, especially around fairness, we think in the idea of a scale. We think that one, one is teetering over the other, and if we're fair, and even our sign of justice in our world is a, a, a lady standing there blindfolded with a scale, and the idea is that the, 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 the scales would not be tipped in one way or the other, that, that the scales of justice are even, and in our mind, that's what we think that this life should bring us is fairness. This is what most of us think. I see this play out with my children. Uh, I, I will sometimes bless them with M&Ms, right? And they, they like peanut ones. Now, don't be giving my kids a bunch of peanut M&Ms, all right? We don't. 
but I'll, I'll give them a few M&Ms, and then here's what inevitable, inevitably will happen. I'll give one of them four, one of them four, and the other one three, and then, you know, the one who got the three is losing their dang mind over it. They're like, what the heck? I, Dad, come on. They got four. Where's my? They, they want it to be fair. They want it to be fair. But the thing is, is like this, if I, and then when I give the fourth, that's not even really fairness, right? That's not justice either. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to equal things out, and it looks to be fair. But justice is this. Justice is God making things that are not right, right. That's what justice is. Uh, Justice is not necessarily getting what we deserve. Because, can I be honest with you? We talked about Adam and Eve last week. God told them that if they eat of the fruit, that they would surely die. Justice and fairness for Adam and Eve would have been they ate and they would have died immediately but they didn't. Now, for, for my children, this is, this is how this works out because the reality is they don't deserve any M&Ms. You know why? Because I put food in front of them and they'll say, I'm not hungry or I don't like that. And they'll all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they don't deserve any M&Ms. So that is me providing some form of justice to my children in a way because they, they didn't even deserve it. I'm, I'm giving them something that they didn't even really deserve. I'm kind to them. But man, they can be entitled little brats sometimes, you know? They didn't deserve any of it. Adam and Eve deserved death. And by the way, because of that, you and I deserve death. That is what we deserve. And if God were fair, that's what we, we, Adam and Eve would have died immediately. None of us would have existed. So if you want to talk about, well, I want my God to be fair, well, you wouldn't have existed. So you should be glad that your God is not fair but he is just. He also provided clothing for them on a way to be forgiven. He provided a sacrifice. He provided the ultimate sacrifice for me and you as well. This is the ultimate justice. This is how our God is. This is the God we follow and serve. He is just and not fair, and you should be grateful. He's, remember last week, we even talked about this. He's just to forgive our sins. Here's what it reminds us of in 1 John in 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 9. We said this last week. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all righteousness. See, our God is just to forgive us. You know, in truth, all of us struggle with entitlement. At the end of it, that's what fairness is. It's really an entitlement, right? Because here's what we do. We, we do the same thing. We're, we're not really fair to people because we set unfair expectations on other people. We expect them to do more than they can or should do. And, and then we take it a little further and we hold people to a higher standard than we can even hold ourselves to. It goes on where we believe certain things. Um. We, we, I could have, and I did, I had originally had a whole list of things that you and I, if we were to look at that, it would be totally, it would put us in perspective. But here's, I just wanted to simply put it like this. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it to you like this. If you are alive today and you got nothing else than the next breath in your lungs, you are blessed and favored because you didn't deserve it. Anything past that, anything past your next breath is gravy. But how many of us are so ungrateful? So many of us walk around with these entitled mindsets that we we don't give God grace and mercy for what he's already done for us, let alone what he's provided for us. 
Man, I, I think about this all the time of how we're so, we take God for granted. We take for granted his mercy. We take for granted his grace. We take for granted salvation. We take for granted all of the things that he gives us let alone all the things in our life. The fact that you walked in the door, the fact that you got out of a car, the fact that you have a job, the fact that you have food. Like, there's so many things that we take for granted because we're a little entitled. I work for that. I deserve that. Homie, you don't deserve nothing. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm just saying. We do these things. We, we take these things for granted. And so here's a, a final thought around this is, I want you to think about it this way. Fair is balanced favor, right? But because if, that's, if that were fair, everyone would have balanced favor. But, but this is what favor really is. Favor is God tipping the scales on your behalf. Anybody in the room want God to tip the scales on your behalf? If your hand's not raised, I, I don't understand. We... we I promise you, you want the favor of God over your life. You want God to tip the scales on your behalf. You want that. I promise you, you do. Okay? So our God is not fair, and you should be glad. Our God is just. Our God is just. Number two, second thing you need to know about God is our God gives us a chance to respond. Our God gives us a chance to respond. So we, we saw in the story that God showed favor over Abel's gift rather than Cain's. He did not look on Cain's gift with favor. And uh, when you and I look at it at first, again, I think many of us would probably be frustrated and not really understand that. So I want you to see it again. Genesis 4 and verse 6. It goes on because God continues this conversation with Cain. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, Sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. He's asking Cain, why are you angry? Why are you upset? And I think many of us at first reading of this would be like, well, duh. I mean, you showed favor over him to his brother. But a little study and a, and a little understanding of who God is, here, here's what we have to understand is, one, we don't see this written in Scripture, but it, it inherently infers that God told Adam, uh, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, he told them and described to them his expectations over an offering. Our God is really kind and really just in this way that he doesn't expect something of you that he hasn't told you about. And so for them to bring an offering, think about it. Why would they just bring an offering out of, for, for no reason without being told, right? So God would have spoken to them some of his expectations over bringing an offering, okay? So he gives a chance to respond here. This is important. And so they do. They both bring an offering, but there's a difference in what they bring. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. But I want you to understand God gives Cain his expectations, I believe, before this moment and even in this moment. Because he says, Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? He's, 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 given, him the, he's given him the answer in how to respond. But he also warns him of the consequence. But if you do not do what is right, Sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you. This is important. 
Because anytime things in our life don't go so well, there is going to be a response. How you respond to things in your life, whether they feel unfair, whether things maybe got tilted out of, out of whack for you, maybe things didn't show up, this is true for all of us. God gives us a chance to respond, even in moments when it doesn't look so good. He gave Cain a chance to respond, to determine how he would respond when things didn't go his way. He was very clear. So I ask you, in the moments in your life when maybe things felt a little unfair, things maybe, maybe just didn't work out for you, maybe things didn't seem like it was going in your behalf, how do you respond? Do you still respond with gratefulness and gratitude and a gift and an offering to God? Or now all of a sudden are you giving him your second best? Now all of a sudden are you maybe not trusting him quite so much? I see this happen often. That, that when things are going good and, and God's favor is on our life, it's yes and amen. And I'm showing up to church every week and, and, and bless you in the name of Jesus and all this great stuff. And then things went, aren't going so good. We can't find time to be in the house of God. We never open our Bible. We, we stop giving. Like all of a sudden, like there's all these things that start to run through us because it's just not fair. It's just not fair. But God gives us a chance to respond to all of these things in our life, just like you did Cain. How do you respond? I think it's important. And let me warn you, how you respond matters. How, how you respond matters, and I'll show you because it mattered in this story as well. How you respond matters because God says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you. How you respond matters. The third thing you need to know about God is this. Our God favors generosity. Our God favors generosity. I, I mentioned earlier that I would come back and kind of help you understand that there was a difference in the gift that Cain and Abel brought. And, and again, at first reading, you might not see it. You might just think, well, they, they brought a gift. And it's almost like, uh, you know, your kids bring a, a drawing for you and you, you're supposed to put them both up on the refrigerator side by side right? Because they're your kids and they brought you a gift and you're supposed to love them. But let's just be real. One kid is a better artist than the other. Like it just, you know, this kid's telling you about all this abstract stuff and you're like, yo, homie, I see a circle and it looks like, I don't know. It looked like the dog pooped on it. I'm just saying, I don't know. And this other kid has this beautiful sun and the sunset and mountains and water and people. And it actually looks like you and Right? And so all of a sudden, you know, you put, you put them on the fridge and one's just a little higher than the other. See, it's, it's actually not so difficult to start to see a little bit of how God responds. And yes, both children brought a gift, but the posture of their heart and their gratitude for what they have was the difference. I want you to see this. I'm going to go back. I want, you to, I want you to see this. Going back, Genesis 4 and verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flocks. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So as I slowed down to understand this a little better, it starts to make so much sense. 
that the, the difference between the gifts is the heart around when and how. Because they both brought gifts, but, but Cain actually had the ability to bring the same thing. Cain had flocks, Cain had fruit. He could have brought his first and best. Abel did. Abel brought his first and his best to God. That's what the Bible says. That, that Abel brought the fat portions and the first fruits. And it just said that Cain brought a little bit of what he had, didn't even bring part of his flock. This is important for us to know. This is important for us to understand around the idea of bringing our first and best back to God. And here's why, because this is who our God is. Our God is a giver. And by the way, every time he gives, he gives his first and his best. Oh, how do I know that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I want to show you. I mean, it's, it's, in the, it's in literally the most famous scripture of all time. I'm going to put it on the screen. I want you to read it with me. John 3, 16. Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Our God is a God of generosity he shows favor to generosity because he set the pace for it. He set the example for it. This is who our God is. He wants to give his first and best. And by the way, he, we're called to respond to him by doing the same thing back to him, to give our first and best. Least you think I'm setting you up for a giving message, <laughs> and I'm not. I want you to see this is part of the principle of who our God is. So I'm going to run through some scripture here for you just so you see it, Okay. And I'm not even talking about the church. But here's what it says about generosity. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 says this. It's on the screen. If each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, it's, it's in how we respond. Because it says that we would give what's in our heart. What's in our heart? We can only have in our heart what God puts in our heart. See, all of the things that we've been given, he calls us to bring back to him. His love, his grace, his mercy, he gives to us in unbelievable measure. We respond by turning it back and giving it back to him. Don't do it reluctantly or under compulsion. I'm not putting you under the law here. God says that he loves a cheerful giver. Proverbs 11 and verse 24 says this. One gives freely yet eat, gains even more. Hold up, that's an incredible principle. How many of us are afraid? And again, I wanna be very clear. I'm not talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about just generosity in general. How many of us who give freely to things, to people in our life, to situations, to circumstances, who give freely in the way of encouragement, who give freely in the way of love, who give freely with the things that God's given us, those people, interestingly, though you give it away, you gain more. And if you are a generous person and you've been generous over your life, you know that principle's true. You've seen it. But another withholds what is right only to become poor only to become poor. A generous soul will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The people will curse the hoarder of grain, but blessing will crown the one who sells it. He who searches out good finds favor. But evil will come to him who seeks it. 
See, here's the thing. There's something interesting about the favor of God. Those who are simply acting and responding to God with good will find it and receive it. But the one who's just looking for God's favor, well, evil will find that person instead. So here's what I, I want you to see. I, I want you to, I, I want to put it to you like this. There is a connection to God and how he shows favor with how we respond back to him with what we give, right? I'll put it to you like this. Here's what King David said in 2 Samuel chapter 24, in verse 24. David was uh, setting up and about to give a sacrifice and an offering uh, at the temple, and someone offered to give it to him for him to give. And here's what he said. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Friends, there is a response that we have when God has been so good to us, so kind, so merciful, so generous to us that we respond back in generosity. And by the way, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something to love people well in their mess. It's going to cost you something to give of your time when you don't have much time already. It's going to cost you something when you give dollars to something when you could put it in something else you'd rather do. It's just going to cost you something. But I love what David said. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. There's something powerful about giving God something that you know will cost you. There's something really powerful in it. A grateful heart brings back his best and first with a cheerful heart to God who gave it to you already. The last thing I want to leave you with is is this. Point number four. Uh, The fourth thing you need to know about God today is this. Our God brings triumph out of tragedy. Our God brings triumph out of tragedy. You know, last week we talked about uh, a mess that I had made. And I think all of us can relate to having made a mess or being in a mess. Yo, this story, (laughs) this story is a mess. Uh, Do you see it? You you have Adam and Eve who have have sinned and, and they've really changed the trajectory of all mankind. And then they have children. And all of a sudden, there's like this story that then we have the first murder, we have the first sibling fight, like we have all this crazy stuff happening, like this is a mess. And I know many of you can relate to the mess because you've lost something. You've lost someone. It's really sad story that we see unfold right before us. And for what? What, an entitled brat, a a, a spoiled brat who can't just respond well, an ungrateful heart, an emotional hothead? Why? Why did all this have to happen? There's so many things that seem unfair in this story. I can only imagine Adam and Eve as a mother and a father, how unfair this situation felt that they lost a son. I know many of you can connect to having lost something like this. But as tragic as it is, and it is, there's something that happened here at the end of the story 
that I think will encourage you today and also I think it's something you need to know about our God. Our God brings triumph out of tragedy because at his core, our God is a redeeming God. Our God is a redeeming God. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter four, the very end of this chapter, Cain had suffered consequences. He had been uh, sent out of God's presence. He started to have a family. Uh, and, And then this happens in verse 25. This is after all the tragedy. Adam made love to his wife again. And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. If you go to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, in the very first chapter, Matthew lays out the genealogy of Jesus. And and in that, he goes from Abraham all the way to, to, uh, to Jesus. 28 generations he lays out. But someone came before Abraham. And if you do a little study and you start to walk it back in scripture, you can walk it all the way back from Abraham all the way back to Noah. And you can get from Noah all the way back to Adam. Now there are a lot of significant names in the genealogy of Jesus. And there's some obscure ones as well. But there's one name that many of us have overlooked. And it's the one that came right after Adam. His name is Seth. Oh, friends, do you see this? Do you see, do you see how redeeming our God is? That, that Abel, in all ways and shapes and forms, we would have considered that Abel could have been in the bloodline of Jesus. But because of the tragedy, yet God was still gracious in kindness and mercy to fulfill all of the promises all the way to Jesus and even to the end of the age, that even all the way back to right after Adam, the son Seth was born and given. Man, I think it's incredible that Adam's third son, we didn't see his favor shown to from Adam and Eve. We didn't necessarily even see God bless his offering. But here's what God did. God used him in the lineage to bring forth the promised Messiah. That's how redeeming our God is. That even in tragedy, he can bring triumph. Friends, here's what I, I need you to understand. Is that favor ain't fair. Life ain't fair. And neither is our God. Our God is a just God, and he is a God who gives us a chance to respond to him. Our God favors generosity, and our God brings good out of things where there looks to be no good. You see, favor ain't fair, and I know it all too well. I know it all too well because God has been so good to me, and I might not have been the apple of my mama's eye, but God has shown such grace and favor and mercy over my life. The fact that he saved me, the fact that he gave me my wife, the fact that he gave me my children, the fact that he gave me this calling, the fact that he's given me so much, the air in my lungs, the food I'm going to eat, the car I'm going to drive home, all of the things he's given me, he's tilted the scales of this life in my favor. That is the favor of God that I've got. And oh, by the way, I ain't going to apologize for it. I'm not going to say I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. I'm going to respond to the favor of God over my life. And he calls you to do the same. 
I've got the favor of God over my life, and it ain't fair, but I ain't sorry for it. There's only one response to favor. And by the way, I think this is true for all of us. You might not have been the apple of your mom's eye, but I think as you sit and you listen, you can consider and understand the favor of God and how he's tilted the scales on your behalf. I think you can. And there's only one response to that. There's only one response to our God, and it's to do the right thing. And the right thing is to give generously back to him. So church, do me a favor. Come on, get on your feet. And here, over the next few moments, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to give back to him what he's already given you in such in such full measure. The favor that he's put on your life, the things that he's given you, to say thank you for this life that you've got. To say thank you for everything that he's put in your life. There's so much. Here's what I know. If you love God, he's going to work all things out for your good. That's what the scripture says. They will work all things out for the good of those who love him. So here's what we can do in response. We say thank you, Jesus. We say we love you. We say we know you're good for all. And if we can hope, ask, or imagine, we know that your days are going to be filled with mercy and kindness and goodness. We say thank you. Church, come on, church. Let's sing and let's say thank you, God. For you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.